Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the KISS Automation Podcast. I was very lucky to be able to speak to Paul Jarvis about his email habits. So Paul is a web designer, a best-selling author, and a gentleman of adventure. So Paul writes a weekly newsletter called The Sunday Dispatches, and as the title may tell you, it goes out every Sunday, though I get mine on a Monday as I'm currently in Australia. So in The Sunday Dispatches, Paul writes um, articles about how to be a better creative. He gives um, ideas about how to, I guess, run your freelance business, How some ideas about life in general, and a whole bunch of other things. He currently has over 13,000 people receiving this newsletter every Sunday. So that's pretty cool. And I thought he would have some experience in what people like to receive in their email uh, and what authors especially can, can do with email to talk to people that want to buy their books. So we discussed lots of things to do with email. Um, we had a few laughs. Hopefully my jokes weren't too bad for you all this week. And if you want to learn more about Paul, you can go to pjrvs.com and sign up for his newsletter. Or if you want to uh, continue the conversation about this episode in particular, you can head over to kissautomation.com. Cool. Well, today I'm talking with Paul Jarvis. Thanks for having a chat, Paul. Yeah, I'm happy to, happy to be here. So I'd like to chat to you about email marketing and um, specifically you're an author, so why email is important to you as an author and being able to sell your books and things like that. So, can you give us just, I guess, the broad strokes overview of yourself and what you do? I don't even know how to describe <laughs> what I do anymore. It's gotten to the point where I, I've got so many balls in the air right now, I don't know what I am. So, I do web design, like you said. I'm also a writer. I also have a podcast. I also do online events and launch products and stuff like that. So I do a lot of things, but I think what we're talking about today is email. So what I do pretty, the most consistent out of anything that I do is send an email to my mailing list every Sunday with a new story or article or something. So that's actually the most consistent product that I have out of, out of everything that I do is my email list. And you call it the Sunday Dispatches? That's I do, because it goes out on yep. Sunday. Although for you, yeah. I think it goes out on Monday. I so do. it's technically it misnamed. <laughs> exactly. So anybody in Australia or New Zealand or anywhere on that side of the world gets it slightly late. But for me, it is Sunday morning when it gets sent out. And why is it? I realize it's called the Sunday Dispatches because it gets sent on a Sunday. But why did you choose that, um, I guess, format? Like sending, it one, sending once a week and on a Sunday. And is that just... For consistency reasons, so that you would keep Yeah, it'd be it. weird if you got it on a, on a <laughs> Wednesday. So I kind of have to send it on a Sunday. But no, the reason I send it on Sunday just because that's when I feel like my, because I guess the content of it straddles work and life. 
So I feel like it isn't really a full-on workday, 9 to 5, Monday to Friday type email. It's kind of other. So I feel like sending it on Sunday makes the most sense for that. And yeah, I named it a day of the week, um, mostly for two reasons. And they both relate to consistency. The first one is if you sign up for it, you know you're going to get it on Sunday. And if you unsubscribe and you tell me that you get too many emails, I'm going to post that on Twitter and make fun of it. Because if you're complaining you're getting too many emails, because you get an email every Sunday from me, and you're complaining that every Sunday is too much, and you sign up for something called Sunday, I'm going to make fun of that, because it's funny. And the second reason is I need consistency. I need to keep my writing as consistent as possible. Otherwise, I'm not going to be as good of a writer. So I know that if I call something the Sunday dispatches, then I have to get my ass in gear and I have to write an article once a week and send it out every Sunday. So it keeps me consistent in communicating with my audience as well. Yeah. All right. That's fair. (laughs) And I guess consistency is, when it comes to email, is is a big deal as well. Um, So, you know, everyone knows to expect at least one email from you every week. So, you know, in, in a couple of months, like a lot of people, if you've not sent them an email, they can't turn around and say, hey, who are you? Why are you sending me email? Because you've been doing exactly. it every week. Exactly. If The more you're showing up in somebody's inbox, the more consistently they're thinking about you. And when you do things like launch products or sell books or that sort of thing, then showing up and being reminding your customers and your audience who you are and what you do on a weekly basis kind of makes sense. Yeah. All right, so... With your so with the email list, um, what what is the process? I guess so. You've got um, on and the bottom of all the the articles on your website, you have a, an opt-in box. So if somebody's come across your website and uh, they're not on the list, they can see what you've written previously and and join up. And you also have a dedicated landing page, like newsletter. I think it's called. No, yep. sign up. I changed the wording, and okay. it, I'm also running A-B tests on it, so it's probably called sign-up or newsletter or one or two other variants. I don't remember at the moment. <laughs> Something good. But it's a, yeah, yeah. It, there is a dedicated landing page. Do you find that is, um, or have you done any tests, like in terms of a dedicated landing page as opposed to like a pop-up on the, on the main web page or any other pages on your website? Have you done any, any testing in terms of, how to get people on the list? Um, yeah, I, t- I, I more test the, the wording and the calls okay. to action because I always have a modal that comes up if you try to close the site. It only shows up once every 90 days. So if you see it once, you're not going to see it again unless you're on another computer or unless it's 90 days later. I also have at the bottom of every article that I write, sign up for my list. There's no share buttons. Actually, no, there may be a tweet button now because I'm testing something. But there's no comments. There's nothing else on the site other than signing up for the list. And I find the more that I take options away from people, the more that they will take the intended action that I want them to take, which is signing up for my list. I don't care if somebody buys the product when they go to my site. I'd rather them on my list because then they're more likely to buy a product down the road. And they're more likely to buy several if I look at the the value of like the monetary value of anybody on my list and the other with the dedicated landing page i do that because whenever i write for another publication or in all of my social media profiles i link directly to that because that has no other information on it other than 
here's my list. Here's why it's cool. Here's what some other guy said about my list being cool. Here's the publications that my articles from my list show up in later. So it's all building social proof and that kind of stuff for people to say like, hey, I think maybe I want to sign up for this list if they're the type of people that I want on my list in the first place. Yep, you're rat people. Exactly. Which, in case people aren't aware, is basically the people who you resonate with or they resonate with you and maybe they'll buy from you in the future. I guess your tribe, for want of a better word, that people might know. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, it's all, the, it's all the people that like and support what I do and all the people that aren't, those people don't matter <laughs> when, you're, well, when you're making yeah. stuff on the internet. That's exactly right. Um, your first email, I, I think, is quite hilarious um, and something most people don't do, which, like, I guess, especially with MailChimp, because you have to do the, the process of the double opt-in. Most people mm. just that I've seen, I should state, <laughs> they just use the templated subscribe um, now to this list and then the generic email that says you're now subscribed, here's the details. But your email actually has personality in it. And speaks to your rap people. Yeah, and Casey, that's because it's <laughs> the default language is so boring. I know. <laughs> it's just congratulations, you have subscribed to our mailing list. So uh, it's you now. Exactly, but in Mailchimp, and, and regardless of what application you use to send emails, you can customize all of them. But in Mailchimp, because that's the one that I know. You can cha- you can edit the text on every single part of the process that people and it's called onboarding when somebody punches in their name and email address to your list, then they get taken to a page, then they get an email saying confirm, then they click confirm, then they get taken to another page, then they get a final welcome welcome email. That's the onboarding process. That is all editable in Mailchimp. You can even change the words on the button if you click the translate tab. So you can change everything. So it makes sense. It makes sense to make it fun. And that's why my final welcome email is talking about how I was so excited that you signed up for my list that I got your name tattooed on my inner left arm because every time I raise my inner my arm above my head, which I do often, I will see your name and be reminded of how awesome you are. And it's just a way to kind of bring people into the community. And it's a, it's a good way as well to I validate my audience through humor. So if somebody doesn't get my humor, they're probably not going to like anything I have to say, so they should probably leave. So it's a good <laughs> way for me to validate right off the bat if somebody is going to like my stuff or not. Because if they're not going to like it, I don't want them on my list. I pay for it. Like, it's expensive yeah. to have a mailing list. It's like 10 times more expensive than my hosting. So I only want people on my list that want to actually be there. So I give people as many opportunities as possible to leave if they, if they don't want to be there. Obviously, if they want to be there, I, I want them to stay. But if they don't want to be there, then they can, they can scurry off to some other mailing list. That's, um, that sounds so, I guess, like obvious to, to <laughs> keep people on that you, know, that you want on there, but they also want to be there because they might purchase or something in the future but a lot of people don't see it like that they think that yeah oh, no anybody can join and we might turn them you know after six months or 12 months but it's um it's very refreshing I guess is the word to, to hear someone actually saying no no I just want the people that you know my right people the people who yeah. want to be there and are likely to um to support my work yeah, and I don't even, it's not even a matter of like, I don't care if somebody buys something. Like, if somebody's in it just for the free articles and 
I don't care. Awesome. Like, good. If you like the articles and you find value in those articles, cool. If you buy something, you don't buy something, I don't care. But if you don't like the articles, that's, that's what it's like. Really? Why are you still here? Or why are you complaining to me every week yeah. about <laughs> my emails? Because I get that a lot. And I wow. actually, the, the smart thing that people who have a newsletter can do, if somebody emails you complaining and they've replied to the newsletter you've just sent them, if you scroll down and click the unsubscribe button, that takes them off your list. I use that at least a few times a week because it's just, it's like if somebody's going to complain to me, I want them on my list. Like, it's just, I don't understand. But so if you click unsubscribe in the email that they receive from you, it takes them off of your list. Maybe they signed up so that they could once a week vent and (laughs) have decided you're, you know, a a person who, who understands their venting. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm, I, I don't mind griping. I complain more than anybody I know. But if you're going to complain at me, about me, yeah. it's like, go complain about me to somebody else because I don't care. Because obviously I don't have a problem with me. So well, That's good. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still um, I, when I get a, a not, not a necessary nasty, but an email that is borderline nasty, I still, even though it's got nothing to do with me and... It's all about them. It's exactly. Still, it still um, hurts. But I'm working on oh, it. Oh, it still hurts. Yeah, it still hurts when I get And I get a couple a week. And I still, it still sucks a little, but I don't let that stop me from doing anything. And I quickly unsubscribe those people. But it still sucks. Like it's, it, mm. Getting criticism, unsolicited criticism is always a bad thing, I think. Yes. Well, that just went downhill pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> Back onto more upbeat topics. Um, sure. So, along with um, writing the Sunday dispatches and designing websites, you're also, is it, can I say, best selling author? Is that? Yeah, I've sold under? a couple of books. Yeah, yeah well, I, I'm definitely. just not sure what best at, like, <laughs> selling author I, I, can, I can get on board with, but I'm not sure. Best, the, the, the best prefix to that depends on the country you're in, because in Canada, it's 5,000 copies in the States. It's 10,000 copies. So it depends on the country. But I think most of my books have passed whatever the top one. I think the States yep. is probably the top one because they're egotistical anyways. So they're, uh, they have to be the highest number. So I've, I've passed that in the States for, I think, all of my books. So, yeah, I guess I, guess I am a best-selling author, apparently. Well, you might as well say it if it's true. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. And... Um, I'm going to have to dig deep into my memory banks, but you stated, um, I, well, I, I watched a video where you said that the, one of the reasons that you are able to achieve like so many selling, selling so many copies of your books is because of your email list. Yeah, that's the main, that's the main reason. Any author that doesn't have a mailing list is, is doing themselves a, a massive disservice because and- that's where you communicate with the people who like your stuff. Yep. <laughs> like it, it kind of it kind of makes sense. Like social doesn't convert. Like I can tweet about a new book and it or a new product or a new anything. It may sell a couple copies and make it retweeted a bunch of times, but if I tell my mailing list about a new book or a new product, it is going to sell like hotcakes because those are the people who are interested in what I do. They're the people who've got this value every Sunday from the stuff that I've written. So they reciprocate when I do have something for sale, which isn't even that often. 
and they're the ones who are way more likely to buy than anybody else. And they're the easiest people to reach because I, I have their permission to show up where they spend a lot of their day in their inbox. Yeah, true. And what do you, what do you think, um, authors? I ha- I've had this conversation recently with, with um, some people who work with authors and publish like ebooks for them. So I, I always thought that authors um, would be the perfect people to, to try out email marketing and, you know, this whole online thing, <laughs> you know, build a website and write about what they're writing about, share their process, that kind of thing. What, yeah. what kind of things do you think um, authors could write about, like other than their, obviously their, their books, but I guess yeah, their, and their I process? Don't even, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things actually. So you don't even, like I don't necessarily, unless it's launch day, I don't write about the stuff that I sell. Okay. I write about the topics that those products are about. And I write about the overall message that those products have that's bigger than just the product. Like right now, my biggest thing is a freelancing course that I have. So I don't necessarily write about my freelancing course very often. But what I do do is I write about the things that freelancers care about, the things that freelancers find value in. So if you're an author, you can write about topics that your audience cares about that may not be in the book or may not be directly related to the specific topic of the book, but stuff that your audience will care about. Like if they like the book, then they will like this. And that's really what I focus on because if I, the more I make my audience happy, obviously the more that they're, the more likely they're going to be to buy things from me. So yeah, you can write. And when you're in the process of writing a book, then you can get kind of into things like sharing the process that you have or sharing bits and pieces of the book or sharing like, and I did this for, I think my second last book, sharing my wall that was like covered in sticky notes with the topics and like rearranging them. Jason um, Zook did the same thing where we have these like walls in our offices where it has all of the topics from the book and we can kind of take the sticky note off, put it in another place to kind of rearrange it. People, people like to see that. Like people are interested in, not Because with art and creativity, most of the time an audience sees the finished product. They see the painting on the wall or the book in the store, but they don't get that behind the scenes kind of glimpse into like what the ugly process is. And that can be interesting to a lot of people. So sharing that, especially when you're in the middle of writing or editing or whatever before launch, is, is pretty helpful. That's um, what, you've, what you've said is basically what marketers do or they tell the people that like if they run agencies or things like that that's how they Mm -hmm. they get businesses um focused on email marketing so really i guess it's it's thinking like a um, a business as well as being a creative or an author yeah authors are busy like you have to be a business person even if you're even if you're with like a major publisher they're not going to do all of the work so you still need to do a lot like i know a lot of people that are published with like the top publishers and they still need to do a ton of work they still need to like promote themselves in the way that works for them they still need to get out in front of their audiences as often as possible say when you're a self-published author or indie publisher whatever the term is right now you need to do all of that like you need to be the author and the promoter and the marketer it's almost like being in an indie band right like you got to You've got to do every, yep. you've got to wear all the hats. You've got to play the show and then go sit at the merch booth after you play the show to try to sell CDs and T-shirts. It's the same with authors now. You, you still have to be the creator 
and the person selling the stuff that you've created. That's a lot of pressure. Totally is. It's a lot of hats to wear <laughs> as well. It is. <laughs> I guess that's the same for, well, I guess for any, if not authors, but freelancers of any description or other artists. It's just what you have to do. Yeah, exactly. And it's not as scary as a lot of creatives think. Like a lot of a lot of creatives think like I don't want to be a salesperson, like I'm a creative because I like making stuff. I don't like selling it at people. But really marketing and sales is communication and you're communicating through your art so you can communicate that art in whatever way works for you. Like the way that I market so fucking different than like Gary Vaynerchuk or Tim Ferriss or whoever else, right? Because I market the way that I like to market. I market the way that my audience likes me to market to them. And it's more just communicating with them and actually listening to them, which is a novel idea for (laughs) pretty much any relationship. The more that you listen, (laughs) the better you can make things. Yeah. um, I'm not a great seller. At least that's what I say. And I hate selling. I don't know why I have an issue with it being that I work in email marketing, but... <laughs> I um, when you say it's just communication, then that makes things just a lot easier and a lot <laughs> less stressful. Thinking you don't have to go out and close people or never take no for an answer, all that kind of thing. It's, um, yeah, like cold calling. I would, be, I it would like I'm an awful salesperson as well, but I know how to communicate and use things that I know how to do. Like I'm a writer, right? So. The way that I can sell is by writing more. I don't have to write sales pitches all the time. I just have to write articles that people like to read and share. And then when I do have a book, then I can write articles that people like to read and share about the topic of the book and then just mention the book. Like in the footer of all my emails, I talk of, I, there's just like a sentence or maybe two sentences about whatever product it is that I have for sale at that time. And I don't need to like update that every week. I don't need to like really push it. I just need to write good articles. And then after people have read the article, then they get like, oh, if you like this, maybe you want to check out my course or my book or something like that. And that's, that's really all it takes for the, the way that my sales engine quote unquote works. So what happens when you have a new product or like you do a launch? Do you do anything different in the email? Or I guess maybe you might mention it further up the page or yeah so what i do like a few months before i start like launch date is the worst time to introduce somebody to what you're selling yes because it's like where did this come from why is this out of the blue and so like months before i launch anything i start to plant seeds and typically i do this by just overtly mentioning it like hey y'all i am launching a product in about 6 months it's on this topic that's it. I just need to mention it. Or I'll start seeding things into my Twitter or my Instagram of me making whatever it is that I'm making. And then I also start to plant seeds in terms of keywords and topics. So if I'm writing a book about freelancing, I'm going to start saying the word freelancing a lot more. I'm going to start writing articles about freelancing. If my, the, the last book, I guess, that I released was called The Good Creative. So for about six months, every time I talked about my audience, I said creative. I used the word good a lot. I used creative a lot. I talked about the fact that the book was coming out. And then I do kind of a three email launch. So I mentioned that whatever it is I'm launching is coming out the next week, the week before it launches. Then on launch day, I say, hey, it's available. If you get it right now, you can get this bonus or discount or something. There needs to be some kind of 
scarcity and urgency. Otherwise, people are like, oh, I'll get that later. And then later never happens. They never get a sale. And then the third week, I say, hey, in case you missed it, I launched this product last week. You still have a tiny bit of time to get this bonus discount something. So get to it because there's only like 12 hours left or 24 hours left or something like that. So I kind of follow a bit of a formula for that. But it's always the way that I word it, the way that I kind of make it different or interesting is always kind of different, but I do follow kind of that strategy because I see that really, I see that working when I do that. Yeah, I think that's okay. Doing the same thing, if you know if it works, then you, you'd be silly not to, to do, the, yeah. do it again and again. But and it only seems the same on my end, right? Like yeah. when I'm telling my audience like, hey, something's coming next week. There's been like 40 weeks of articles that I've sent and there's been, and the way that I say it is always so, relates more to the product than the, whatever the strategy is. So yeah, it all, it all, it all works out and it doesn't seem monotonous to my audience, I don't think, at least. Well, I, the, the um, example I always use for launches is like when um, a movie is released, like in Hollywood or the big movie of the summer, every year it's, it's exactly the same process. Different movie, different actors, whatever, but they do the exact same thing every year, and nobody seems to complain. You know, they no. there's the little movie trailers are released, and then the people do the the world tour, talking to um, reporters, and then that gets seeded into different TV shows and news stories and newspapers and articles, and it's exactly the same every year. But yeah, ex- exactly. Because and it's always some alien that's coming to destroy humanity, <laughs> and then Will Smith comes in and saves the day because he's a fighter pilot or a submarine captain, <laughs> and, and something very cool and witty. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <fire>. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, excellent. Well, that that covers everything that I was, wanted to ask you about your cool. email. Um, cool. So, cheers for that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, and if people want to, I'll put some links up but it's pjrvs.com for paul jarvis and um currently the the newsletter is at pjarvis.com forward slash sign up and um i highly recommend people get on that list thanks uh, and read read through and um i have to say though that they might get an addiction to gifts after reading (laughs) (laughs) your latest articles but yeah, the, I, I animated gifts are the reason that the internet exists. Like it's, it's, they don't get they don't get old. They've made such a comeback. I'm so happy that that happened. Yes, I created a new service <laughs> last week. Wrote the sales page. Had to stick in a gif. So you know. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Well, thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks, Casey. This is fun. So that was Paul Jarvis and me being a giggly schoolgirl um, discussing how authors and other creative types can, and really any business in general, can use an email list to sell their product and to build up a community of people who who want to buy your product, you know, and who want to hear from you. That's if you've got something that, you know, they, they want to hear about or that you can teach them or help them with. So if you want to learn more from Paul, head over to pjrvs.com sign up for the Sunday Dispatches and if you want to learn more about how email marketing can help you Paul actually runs a consulting session on you know planning out your uh, email strategy otherwise you can hit me up at kissautomation.com 
and see how marketing automation and email can fit into your business.